Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. We find ourselves in week 12 of this winter-spring semester of the Holy Man podcast. So that should be a total of 20 episodes that we find on the Holy Man podcast. And I just want to say thanks for joining me on on the weeks that you could join me. I'm quite humbled by how many of you have joined me as we think and ponder the life that God longs for each of us, that being a holy life. Now, as we conclude this semester, I want to always keep something in front of us as we keep on this journey of becoming holy men. You know, guys, this is not on us trying to get holy or trying to earn our way into holiness. That can't happen. It is always connected to the grace of God. That's where our journey begins. It has to. You know, I love what one of my favorite scholars uh, and writers over the years, he, uh, he wrote about this idea. Warren Wearsby, he says this, he says, By his death and resurrection, Christ overcame the world and the flesh and the devil. In other words, as believers, we do not fight for victory. Let me see this part again, guys. We do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. The Spirit of God enables us by faith to appropriate Christ's victory for ourselves. Did you get that, guys? The victory, it's won. We just came through Easter where we celebrated that victory. Now, from that victory, won by God's grace, we now move forward with God's Spirit, enabling us to become more holy as we collaborate with him on that journey. I hope you guys get that. It it starts with grace, the grace of God and him winning the victory. And from that victory, we move forward in the life in front of us. And part of that journey is what we will talk about today in this final episode for the semester. You know, for the first 11 weeks of this semester, we discussed many of the lies that Satan tries to feed us to get us to miss out on the best life that God has available to us. So today, I want to talk about that battle that we are in and what we can do to be better prepared to fight off those lies and any other strikes that Satan tries to make on our lives in this battle. To do this, I simply want to work down through a great passage of Scripture that Paul shares with us it points, he points out this battle and the weaponry available to us to better be prepared to fight as, alongside of God. And he's going to show that in there. So we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. And for some of you, this may be a familiar passage. It's called the whole armor of God. 
which is a great title for a passage uh, for us men to dig into, isn't it? All right, so this is how it begins. It says in verse 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So right from the start in this battle, whose power are we depending upon? Yeah, it's God's. It's not just us, which if you know any of scripture and and if you have seen any of God's power at work, that's a good place to be, trusting in God's power to fight this battle. Paul continues in verse 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So guys, you either believe this or you don't. If you don't, proceed at your own risk. Some of us hear this kind of passage and we just struggle to believe it. Why? Well, because we can't see it or touch it. It's beyond the tangible. It's in the unseen or spirit world, as Paul says. But is it true? Paul sure says it is, and if you pay attention throughout all of Scripture, it's in there. Many places we see this spiritual battle going on. The Apostle John talks about these things or these beings in Revelation 12 and other places. Daniel in his book uh, called Daniel in chapter 10. And that's just, just to name a couple of the places of the many, many places that we find those evil beings busy at work. You know, and truthfully, we just don't have enough time in this podcast to dive deeply into a study on these evil beings. So for now, let's trust Paul and Daniel and John and trust that God, that, that God is letting us know these things are real. And these beings, Satan and his cohorts, they are active. And we might not be able to see them, <clears throat> But we can certainly see the evidence of their work. I don't know about you, but I see so many broken, messed up people. And much of that brokenness and messiness is because of the work of those powers that be out there. The important point is that our battle is not against human beings. It is against spiritual powers. We are wasting our time fighting people when we ought to be fighting the devil who seeks to control people and make them oppose the work of God. Those evil beings are so good at deceiving and tempting and lying that so many of us are broken because of it. And we stay stuck in it because we haven't really learned how to fight with that power of God fighting with us and for us. So let's see what Paul has to say. Verse 13, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Did you get that part? After the battle, standing firm. It's an image of strength and health, not brokenness. Why? Because standing with Jesus means we are standing with the victor. Again, it's already won. But it requires us putting our faith in Jesus and his grace as we allow him to share armor, God's armor, with us. So what are those pieces of armor and how can each piece help us stand stronger against those powers out there? 
Well, Paul lists them. We're going to look at each one of those and and get an idea. Paul lists them. Starting in verse 14, he says, Stand your ground, putting on, here's the first one, the belt of truth. Secondly, the body armor of God's righteousness. And then, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And then put on salvation as your helmet. And finally, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Again, it's a great passage for us men to think through, with, uh, you know, as we think of the imagery of a soldier or a warrior. All right, well, let's look at each piece and to see how they, each of those pieces can help us fight Satan in this battle in front of us. First of all, the belt of truth. Okay, this is the piece of armor, which we were not going to spend a lot of time on this because, truthfully, this is what we've been doing all this semester, the last 11 weeks. We've been looking at truth. Satan and his cohorts long to feed us lies and so that we will live by those lies. But if we focus upon the truth that God wants to feed us, our bellies will be a whole lot happier because that food is good to eat and good for living and helping us to stand firm. So how do we focus more on the truth instead of the lies? Well, think back over the 40 lies that we discussed. Which one or two of those really hit home with you? Which are the ones that Satan has you believing? Start there. Start focusing upon the truth that counters what Satan is feeding you. Maybe search the Bible for truths that counter that lie or those lies that you're struggling with. Find a good Christian book that could help you. Maybe listen to another podcast that focuses on the specific truth that you are needing to hear. And ultimately, if you have nothing, ask someone else. For someone who doesn't struggle with that lie, maybe ask them. Maybe ask me for suggestions of any of those things that you can do to refocus on the truth. The key here is finding God's truth that counters the lies that Satan and all those other beings want to feed you to believe so that you can be led by the truth and not the lies. Okay, make sense? All right, secondly, the body armor of righteousness. The next piece of armor, that's what it's called, but in some, it depends on which translation you're in. Like the NIV, it's called the breastplate. And so this is the body armor over your, your chest and your back. So it's the piece of armor that covers some of the most vital parts of our bodies. So let's face it, it's pretty important. So why is righteousness so important to us and how does it help to fight off Satan and the other nasties out there? Well, the opposite of righteousness is unrighteousness or sin. That's what separates us from God. And if we stay in it, we're toast. (laughs) We're cooked in the fires of hell, guys. As a Christian, the good news is that Jesus first makes us righteous by the gift of paying the price for our righteousness on the cross. Again, it starts with grace, guys. For instance, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says this, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Again, we are fighting from victory that Jesus already won. So Satan ultimately cannot accuse us of unrighteousness or sin because if we follow Christ, Jesus is our lawyer then, who makes us righteous by what he did, and then he speaks on our behalf. 
But Jesus doesn't just save us from past unrighteousness or past sin. He also saves us to future righteous living. And that's what his spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us to do. The more we walk in faith of Christ, the more the spirit will lead us into righteous living as we respond to the truth by living right. Earlier in that same book uh, that we find our passage here, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 21, Paul writes this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, get that imagery there, guys, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Well, what does this look like? Well, if you learn a God truth or a way of living that is different than how you presently live, that would be more holy, the Spirit leads you to live new and different. For instance, let me just share a for instance here for us. If you presently drink alcohol to get drunk, to get to those places where you are just not able to do right living. As you hear God's truth, as you dig into God's word about this topic, you're going to find out that that activity of getting drunk isn't good for you. It keeps you from living a better life. Well, the Holy Spirit helps you to begin to change that area of life, helps you to adjust your boundaries, helps you to make better choices. Now, Satan will try to keep you where you are, but if you hear this right action and allow the Holy Spirit to help you put it into practice, it strengthens that body armor and keeps you from living living in ways that will hurt your life. And on the flip side, if you stay living in the unrighteous ways where Satan tries to keep you, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to help us change our ways, our armor stays weak and it allows Satan to keep leading us astray and missing out on God's blessed life. Hopefully that makes sense, guys. God's righteousness is a better way to live. And the more we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into it, the more our lives get better and better. And the armor over our hearts gets stronger and stronger. All right. The next piece of armor, it's called the gospel or peace shoes. The shoes of delivering the peace. Okay. Now I have to admit, this is one of my favorites because let's face it. Who doesn't need a good pair of shoes or matter maybe hunting boots or new pair of cowboy boots, good sneakers, even a good pair of slippers that we wear around our house. We need good shoes on our feet to carry out the work in front of us. So what exactly are gospel of peace shoes? You may be wondering. Well, listen to this word that the prophet Isaiah writes in 52, Isaiah 52, 7, that helps us better understand the feet in these shoes. He says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. So guys, when you walk into any situation, think about some of the places that you walked into in life. No matter if you're going into your home, into your workplace, going into a sporting event, are your shoes that your feet are in 
are they carrying more of a possibility of you bringing peace into that room or is there a chance that you might be carrying in conflict or division? You know, which would be better? What if? What if, when you enter a room, no matter what the room is and no matter who is in that room, even if it's a person or people who normally make life a little bit hard, what if you entered every single room knowing that you are carrying Jesus into that room with you? What if you entered that room knowing that you are the ambassador of Jesus as you enter? In other words, you speak and act on his behalf. When other people encounter you, are they encountering the kingdom of God, which is what you represent? That's what, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what these shoes are. Your shoes, if you are walking in the gospel of peace shoes, your shoes carry the gospel or the message of peace because you're wearing them. Satan does not like these shoes, guys. He wants you wearing shoes that carry anything but peace. And he is certainly doesn't want you carrying the gospel. He does not want you to walk into the room representing Jesus. So, very simply, every day, Here's how we get practical with this, guys. If you want to bring peace into all of the situations that you enter, if you want to represent Jesus, here's what I want you to do. Every single day when you put your shoes on, what if you simply prayed over those shoes and asked God to allow them, <clears throat> allow them to be gospel of peace shoes so that your mind is on being an ambassador of Jesus as you walk in those shoes? You get it? <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Here's another one. Let's keep going here. Shield of faith. Now, this is this one is kind of the first line of defense. For the soldiers back when Paul was writing this, they would have instantly understood what they were talking about. The shield was so important, especially if you were in a battle where archers, you know, guys shooting the bows and arrows at you were fighting. If they're shooting arrows at you, this shield is so important. These shields that Paul is talking about here were not the the little shields that we could wear on our arm when we're using a sword, you know, the things for hand-to-hand combat, that's not these that he's talking about. He's talking about a shield that is like six foot tall, body size shields. These things were huge. That's why some sh- soldiers back then had their own soldier bearers or people who carried their shield for them because they couldn't carry everything by themselves. This shield needed to be carried by someone else because it was that big. Well, when the archers started shooting their arrows, the soldier could and would actually just stay behind this huge shield, trusting that it would stop all the arrows coming his way. All right, so that's the image. Now it's called the the shield of faith. So now the faith mentioned here is not a, what we would call a saving faith. You know, when we first put our faith in Christ for salvation, That's important. Again, that gets us that victory that Jesus won for us. But instead, this is a living faith that Paul's talking about. The victory has already been won. So this then is the faith that moves us to keep putting our faith in Christ so that we can live better. It's a trust in the promises and the truths and the power of God. If any of Satan's arrows get into our hearts, Like the many lies that we talked about this semester, it can really mess us up. Those darts, those fiery darts from Satan can keep us from the better life. But 
If we have faith to believe and trust God with how to live our lives, he will show us how we stay healthy and good even when bad days because of the fallen world that we live in, even in those days come our way. So let me ask you, what is something that God has shown you that would be a better way for you to live, but <clears throat> you have not yet trusted him with that? You haven't put your faith in him in that area. Maybe you heard a sermon on something, or maybe it was just one of these lies that we discussed this semester. You know what God has told you. You know some of the things that God has told you that you are still trusting Satan with in this area of your life, and you're still not trusting God. You're not placing your faith in him. Do you remember the, back when we were kids and the many times that we had to learn the hard way? You know, Our parents would tell us, don't touch that or you'll get burnt. It's hot. And we would go and we'd touch it just to see if they were right. Well, guys, God is right. He's the creator. He loves us and he wants what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. So have faith, trust in his ways and allow his spirit to lead you towards a better life. All right, here we jump to the other, another one. We got to work through these last couple here. The helmet of salvation. Now, I'm sure you can picture what this helmet would look like for a soldier in that time period. Many of us have seen the movie Gladiator, right? Well, how does salvation protect us and why is it a helmet protecting the head area? Well, here's a for instance. I have a daughter, one of my daughters, who really struggles if she's moving into a situation that has a bunch of unknowns. It's a brand new situation to her. For instance, she wants to go to college, but she has not yet been to the college that she's wanting to go to to visit it. So she knows nothing about it. Well, she knows that she likes people and there's people there, but other than her brother, Andrew, she doesn't yet really know anyone at the college. You know, she's taken classes before. She's even taken a couple college classes, but she's never been at a college taking a class in the classrooms. So there's lots of unknowns for this possible journey. So as of now, she's not going. There's too many unknowns for her. Now, as I'm recording this uh, podcast, she's getting ready to leave actually tomorrow to head down to the college, hopefully to work on some of these unknowns to help her make a better decision. Now, if she knows what she's getting into, if she knows the situation, she can more easily walk into that room. Well, maybe you're a little like her. Maybe you two struggle when you don't know what to expect. Maybe it stirs up some anxiety in you. Maybe fear creeps into your life, and with those anxieties and fears, we can get paralyzed in life. Well, that's what a salvation helmet can be all about. Because, guys, we have a lot of things in this world that we don't know what's coming. And if we know the truth, or if we know this, that salvation saves us, it can change our lives. You know, we want our minds to constantly be reminded whose we are. That means Jesus, that we are saved, that Jesus already won the victory. Our life is in him. We are loved. Our eternal lives are safe in him. We need to be reminded about that, guys. If that's what we are regularly thinking about, it helps us live with assurance and less anxiety and fear. <clears throat> I've seen this working in my daughter. As her faith in Jesus continues to grow, I see her be more and more confident in living life, trusting in God to help her stand firm, 
even when, especially, <clears throat> especially when she doesn't know what's coming at her. You know, one of the things that pro- she would probably want me to help you with is she would tell you to learn and memorize some good scripture that can help you in those anxious moments. For instance, jump into Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Check it out. She has it memorized and she walks through life regularly repeating that because it helps her in her anxious moments. When we know that our eternal lives are in Christ, our salvation is in Christ. When we know and have that in our mind that he won the victory, it helps us to go into each day living for him. Okay, the next one, it's called the sword of the spirit. We finally come to an offensive weapon. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but all the other pieces of armor that we talked about so far, they're defensive pieces of armor worn to protect us. Well, now we get to fight back. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God's word is our weapon to fight back. How does that work against Satan's attacks? Well, it's kind of what we have been doing all this semester. We looked at one of the lies that Satan uses to attack and to get us to think and act differently than what, than what Satan would want, we looked at God's truth. You know, how do we fight back against those lies? We look at the truth over and over again. We looked into God's word to see what he said and what could counter what Satan said. And then we saw how we could practically allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into a better life. Do you see that, guys? Satan attacks, shares lies, shares deceptions with us. We fight that. We fight back by looking into what God has in his word. Guys, the more you know God's word, the more you really know it and memorize it even, the more that you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to help you with his power to fight back. When you know God's truth, Satan will lose over and over again. You know, that's what Paul told young Timothy. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3.16, we read this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So how important is it to know God's word? Well, let me ask you this. How would you feel? This is a funny one. How would you feel going out hunting for grizzly bears yeah, you know, and when you get ready to go out to hunting, you decide not to take your gun. It's sitting right there. It's available to you, but you intentionally decide to not pick it up. How many of you would go out to hunt grizzly bears without your weapon, your offensive weapon? Seriously, that's what we're doing when we have the opportunity to read the word of God that is our weapon to fight back against Satan But if we don't pick it up and we don't read it and we don't know it, man, we're missing out. So for your life group discussion, I'm going to have you looking at one of those, one of the best passages to see how Jesus himself went into battle with Satan and Jesus was locked and loaded with his weapon and Satan didn't have a chance. It's one of the most practical passages that can help us in our spiritual warfare that we all face every day. Jesus shows us how to use the word of God to fight back Satan's attacks. All right, then Paul finishes, after he lists all these pieces of armor, he has one last thing he wants to share with us here. 
And it's it's a vital element in keeping our armor in place and, and helping us to stand firm and keeping our armor just where it needs to be. He says in verse 18, he says this. I'm, you're not going to be surprised by this. I'm telling you. Paul says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know, Satan is always looking for the moments in your day when you're going to drop your guard, when you're going to lower the boundaries of your heart, when your armor is not as strong. For it's in those moments that Satan and his cohorts love to pounce. Prayer or an ongoing conversation with God keeps us alert and focused on the things above. Guys, it doesn't have to be fancy prayers. As you walk into work, simply cry out to God, God, help me be holy. Help me carry peace into this place. Help me keep Satan behind me. You know, as you get into your cars driving alongside of the idiots out on the road, just pray, God, help me represent your grace. Or maybe as you walk into your homes, pray, God, may I love like you first loved me. Simple prayers like that can help us stand firm, help us keep focused on the Holy Spirit of God leading us into those moments and helping that armor that God helped put on us stay strong and protect us from the attacks and help us fight back those attacks. You know, guys, Paul shares some practical ways that we can walk more and more on the narrow path with Jesus. Guys, wow. What? I hope that you can see how practical this is and how us taking this armor, putting it on, and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us into these moments of our lives can be so good for us. What a semester, guys. What a journey this has been. I hope all of you got at least one small thing out of this, maybe one struggle that you're having with some of those lies that Satan is trying to get into us because, guys, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against those people out there that are driving you nuts, not against that person that's constantly bickering with you. It's not against those people. It's against Satan and his cohorts that are hurting those people and causing those people to act in the way they do. The best way for us to make this world better, to make our own individual worlds better, is to allow the Holy Spirit of God to move us from the victory that we already have in Christ into a better place in life. Put on that full armor of God, guys. The faith, the righteousness, those special shoes, picking up the word of God, praying, all those special tools that God gets gives us Use them, guys, and allow the Holy Spirit to use them to bless your life, to make you more and more the holy men that God longs for you to be, because that will make your life better and make you better at life. Guys, I love you. I'm praying for you. I hope that God can use these podcasts to make this world a better place because he's changing your life and making your life more holy. Be blessed, guys. Love you.